This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. This programme is brought to you with the help of a DCC Waste Minimisation Grant, supporting Love Food, Hate Waste. Happy Tuesday and thanks for tuning in to our episode of Revolution Radio, hosted by myself, Alexandria White, and my co-host, Duke McLeod. Today we are here to talk about a brand new documentary called Milt and the dangerous impacts of the dairy industry. Big welcome to Chris Hurtaway and Sama Seeger for joining us today. Let's get started. Thank you for joining us. Thanks, Thanks for, having for having us. us. Hi. Good Chris, maybe let's l- launch right in. Um, you have recently uh, starred in, in this documentary called Milk, directed by Amy Taylor. And what was your motivation for accepting that role? What is the movie even about? Tell us a little bit about this project, if you please. The film is called Milked, and it's about the New Zealand dairy industry. I say New Zealand dairy industry because um, Aotearoa is not a country which um, normally had dairy cows. And mm. this, this entire industry, um, I would say, is a colonial um, concept, uh, a colonial industry. And so it's about the New Zealand dairy industry, um, sustainability issues around the industry, um, you know, we talk about uh, climate change, we talk about water scarcity, water pollution, um, soil pollution, soil degradation, um, health issues related to the consumption of dairy products, um, health inequalities. Uh, we talk about uh, longevity for our farmers because it's not just about um, the way that this industry is failing the environment and failing um, our economy, as a matter of fact. It's also about the harm of uh, this industry to our Kiwi farmers as well, because in a lot of ways, um, they are also trapped within the system of oppression. It's not just the land and the animals who are suffering, but it's also our Kiwi farmers who have been led astray for a really long time by industry leaders, by government, um, by our economic system. Uh, and so it's about finding positive and sustainable pathways um, for our farmers as well. They're kind of a key in the whole documentary. Um, we really don't, we, we don't demonize the farmers. A lot of people for a long time um, uh, have been saying that uh, individual farmers are to blame for this, but really we're trying to push people's attention um, to the more systemic issues related to the industry and the fact that their industry leaders um, are to blame rather than the in, um, individual farmers. I myself saw the movie at the world premiere in the Needs Realty Cinema, and it was um, very informative. It very much uh, had the spirit of Kotaitanga, this unity, like you said. Uh, you have been on a nationwide tour with this movie, screening it in several cities and towns. How did that go? Really great. Yeah, yeah. Um, have had a really positive reception um from a lot of people at at each screening i've been able to interact with someone um, who's got really in-depth knowledge of the industry and we've been able to swap details and um, to stay in touch so that we can continue working on campaigns to highlight additional issues uh, around the dairy industry and to talk about strategies for how we can um, further push this film out into the public so that we Mm. can get more people talking about this issue so that we can come up with solutions together um, but yeah, it's been really positive, really promising. Um, it was the most uh, popular New Zealand film for the uh, the film festival. Um, so it's an international film. 
Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Um, but one one interesting thing that we've found, you know, despite our film being the most popular New Zealand film, uh, there has been no New Zealand television station that has been willing to even put an offer uh, to show our documentary. We've got a distributor uh, mm. who's been approaching different broadcasting agencies yes. uh, and no New Zealand uh, platform, you know, TV One, to even Māori television, who I was, I was really hoping would be keen. But um, I think what that shows is that this is a film, a message that is really important. People mm. are really interested in they're interested in the message, um, but for whatever reason, you know, I, I don't want to be too much of a conspiracy theorist, but, you know, our television stations rely on um, advertising arrangements with certain corporations and whatnot. And so I hope um, that there's not that kind of interference involved in terms of getting mm. the film shown on national TV, uh, but I think it's very telling. I guess it shows how much of a systemic issue the dairy industry might be if even the mm. broadcasters shy away from showing that yet. Here's a challenge to all of the yeah. New Zealand movie industries. Show that movie wide and far. The movie touches upon broader societal issues of uh, colonialism and racism as well. Mm. And perhaps can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you see that connection between animal agriculture and issues of colonialism and racism? Absolutely. It's a great question. So in Milked, we did sort of try and weave that a little bit into the um, script, but, you know, it's such a massive topic, could have had a movie yes. about it um, alone. Um, so in terms of the, the dairy industry um, or animal agriculture more widely, there's a, a lot of levels where it sort of intersects with um, racism, you know, and on a philosophical level, um, it's this perception of the natural world and all of its inhabitants, including indigenous people, as resources for exploitation. And that's a sort of um, that's a sort of perspective that settler colonials brought to Aotearoa. Um, and they viewed the land as they called it wasteland, uh, even though it was inhabited by Māori, even though it was inhabited by animals, um, because they saw it as unproductive. Um, and so obviously it's, it's an extension of capitalism as well. It's a sort of, a, oh, if it's not making us money, then it's not useful. Um, and so you have this, uh, on the philosophical level, it's the otherization and the exploitation of bodies and to see bodies as means to make a profit. And this impacts um, all of us, um, but especially Indigenous people around the world who are um, seeing their habitats being absolutely decimated. So on a practical level, um, when the settler colonials came to Aotearoa, and this is a story that is um, similar around the world, uh, they devastated the land, uh, deforested, bowled down, burnt down forests to make way for animal agriculture, displaced Indigenous people. And these, uh, this story continues today. Uh, you know, almost 40% of our land in Aotearoa is tied up into animal agriculture. A lot of that is dairy. Um, that's stolen land, uh, land that is now, you know, beyond people's imaginations of how we can return it to Indigenous people because it's so tied into the economic system. And now it's hard for people to even imagine liberating that land and returning it. Beyond that, there is the pollution that um, is destroying our waterways in Aotearoa. It's destroying our atmosphere. Um, and again, Indigenous communities um, who are uh, who often live rurally 
um, are seeing their awa, their waterways, um, being destroyed. They're not able to enjoy being in and connecting with the waterway anymore. They're um, mm. The, the environment that they have relied on for so long is struggling to sustain life. Um, you know, in, in, in terms of dairy, that was not part of the um, was not part of Maori diet pre-colonization, right? And so, this has had devastating impact on the health of, on Maori and other um, non-European people who have much higher levels of lactose intolerance. And yet our racist health guidelines promote it as a health food um, on a blanket basis to everyone, despite the fact that actually non-Europeans um, struggle to digest lactose and can um, often have very negative health effects. And we can talk about health effects for a long time. You know, there's the nitrogen leaching in the waterways that is causing people um, to have bowel cancer, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a lot of levels from the big sort of philosophical worldview and also the practical implications on the land and the people. All right. So if I may pick up a point you said there about liberating the land, would you say then by going plant-based, can that be perceived as an anti-colonial or anti-racist practice as such? For me, veganism can be one of the most powerful decolonial, anti-colonial tools in our toolbox mm. um, and that's why it's really sad to see this association between veganism and you know being elitist um, right. actually you know we go to the roots of non-violent philosophy that did not originate in Europe <laughs> that's ancient philosophy um, from East Asia and um, for me and 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 the colonial context of Aotearoa adopting a vegan diet is a very clear political message to send that, hey, I do not support your exploitation of the land. I do not support your um, profiteering off stolen land and off the oppression of others' bodies. Um, and so I think it's very important that we incorporate this tool Chris, maybe just briefly, uh, would you agree with that? What's what? What is your opinion on 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 that question? Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, <laughs> as I say, dairy industry, animal agriculture being brought to Aotearoa is a colonial construct, and so um, we see a lot of our political narratives, a lot of um, our business narratives, tied up in you know promoting and propping up um, animal agriculture, and so for us to switch that dynamic to switch that conversation as as individuals or as a country to start pushing back against um, the promotion of animal agriculture is is clearly um, sending a message not only to business leaders but also to political uh, the, our political landscape um, that as a society we want to move away from these types of systems uh, and so the fact that our government and our political uh, our economic system is so tied up in animal agriculture, for me, uh, choosing to omit these products, which fuels the system, uh, is definitely a, a political um, statement and absolutely considering our colonial structures, a decolonial um, activity to participate in as well. It sends that message in terms of um, boycotting certain systems, but as well, it reframes our entire worldview, one from a colonial one that that relies um, on the exploitation of others and the land to one that respects beings from, you know, the smallest critters to the largest um, animals um, and everything in between to actually 
live our lives in a way uh, that's uh, to live our lives from a values-based perspective mm. um, is deeply decolonial. To live mm. our lives in a non-violent way um, calls into attention the violent structures that underpin our society. So it's about reframing the way that we see the world, mm. which I think is the most important thing about veganism. Mm. I love how you put that. That that sounds very inspiring. Um, I would like to get back to our wonderful New Zealand farmers. So the movie depicts a number of farmers, uh, depicts their struggles and some of their aspirations. Uh, some of them are very open to transition away from dairy farming or at least explore different options. And that's depicted in the movie as well. Um, for example, hemp oil production or uh, beauty cosmetics from, from, from hemp. What support mechanisms are there for those farmers already willing to transition? Is there, are you aware of any national policy framework for transitioning? What, what is happening nationwide to, to help us make that change, to help the farmers make that change? Uh, yep, there are some. Um, very small scale, though, I would say. You know, we do see some uh, programs set up to support transitioning farmers, but it's just simply not enough. And so our, our broader message for the film is that we need to be pushing for more uh, experimental farms. You know, we need government funding to set up experimental farms so that farmers can start creating blueprints for moving away from this industry. Um, the amount of money that we currently see pushed into support systems is completely overshadowed by the amount of money that's spent uh, to continue propping up this, this industry, uh, you know, shifting environmental problems around to try and give the illusion of some type of progress. Um, but yeah, our, our farmers uh, want to make a product and want to contribute to our country in a way that is appreciated. Uh, and so the current form of production that they're under uh, It's, it's, it's obviously not one that our society uh, is, is very fond of because, you know, us people from Aotearoa, we love our environment, we love nature, um, we're very proud of our biodiversity and our, our beautiful natural landscapes. And as a society, we're starting to see the negative impacts of our farmers' production on our environment. Um, and farmers want to move away from that. They really do. Um, if, if they were able to, through support systems set up by the government, they would jump on it. Mm. It's just the fact that we don't have enough people in our society who are aware of the issues and aware of how deeply embedded we are in these systems. Uh, so that's why we try to get out as much as possible. That's why we made this film, so that we can have these conversations, make people aware so that when legislation comes through, uh, it's supported by the public because that's what we need. We're still under this illusion um, that we need dairy farming, that we need to continue this intensive system, which is destroying our environment. And in turn, it will as well destroy our economy because it's simply not sustainable. Mm. Uh, so we need to talk to our friends and family. We need to run workshops. We need to get out on the streets and to start dispelling the myth that it's the backbone of our economy because, uh, yeah, in fact, it's, it's this backbone that people talk about is going to break. And uh, it's farmers who are going to suffer the most because uh, they're, in, they're really indebted into the system and they need pathways to help them out of it right and if i remember correctly this is also mentioned in the documentary um 
how how devastating it actually already is for for certain farmers and in some communities there there is there there are mass, uh, mental health issues um mm -hmm. suicide numbers amongst farmers uh, if i remember correctly is higher than the than than in other sectors and other employment sectors so the, so this is really us you reaching out also to these communities with an olive branch saying hey let's change it up for the better for you as well <clears throat> mm. um yeah it's the second highest sector uh unfortunately second highest sector it just calls for for change and it calls for help and maybe here's a document that that could help i want to briefly mention that the plant-based treaty it was launched um during the recent climate conference in glasgow um alongside cop 26 and it is about uh, moving globally away from animal agriculture towards sustainable plant-based agriculture. And um, there is three top demands. Um, first of all, relinquish, stop the problem increasing. No land use change, including deforestation for animal agriculture. Their second, redirect, eliminate the driving forces behind the problem. Uh, which means promotion of plant-based foods and actively transition away from animal-based food systems to plant-based systems. And number three, restore, actively healing the problem while building resilience and mitigating climate change. And the key aspect of that is restore key ecosystems and reforest the earth. So this uh, plant-based treaty was launched, um, yes, in the recent COP26, and it has been endorsed by many individuals, by celebrities. Uh, some politicians now um, also make 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 their uh, support clear about that. Um, Chris, as a very um, famous uh, activist in in Aotearoa, as a as a recent movie star, would you endorse this uh, treaty as well? And what is your uh, general opinion about it? The plant based treaty. Um, I've already pledged. Um, to support the plant-based treaty. Um, I supported it as soon as it came out because I believe it's really good for us to have a positive framing around this mm -hmm. issue. Climate change is a hugely, uh, it can be a hugely overwhelming issue. It's, this is an existential crisis. The climate breakdown is one of the most serious issues that we're going to face, if not the most serious issue of our generation. Uh, and so what I like about the plant-based treaty is that it's a global initiative. And so it's great to see people take a pledge not just to say something like, oh, I'm going to go vegan or I'm going to go plant-based, but as you mentioned, the, the values or the pathways, the three R's, relinquish, redirect, restore, um, these are more detailed um, values, I suppose. These are, these are more detailed practical steps. And so when we say that we support these practical steps, it's a great foundation, especially, say, for our political leaders for when they're drafting legislation, it's great for them to see details in terms of what this global movement supports so that they know as politicians, when they start coming out of these narratives, they'll have this um, wealth of not just expertise, but um, people in the public, foot soldiers, to help support and push out these messages. Yes, and here are some of these details um, from the first I relinquish no building of new animal farms, uh, no expansion or intensification of existing farms, hmm. um, no clearing of forests or other ecosystems for animal grazing, rearing or farming of any kind. Um, from the second R, redirect, we have um, 
the, the basic call that food security should be placed as a priority for all nations with a focus on ending poverty and hunger, going back to you know the colonial and decolonial ideas, um, prior, prioritize a switch to plant-based foods and climate action plans, update government food and dietary guidelines, uh, and you've mentioned it, Summer, to promote whole food, plant-based food, design public information campaigns to raise awareness about the climate and environmental advantages and health benefits of plant-based foods. And uh, maybe from the third R, restore um, reforestation projects to be rolled out in appropriate ecosystems using native tree species to restore habitats to a previously similar state. I think this is uh, very much so in, uh, in the conversation already in Aotearoa. Mm. Um, so, um, subsidies may be available for rebuilding and reforestation projects. Um, there is the idea um, of uh, shifting some land ownership into community hands mm. so the land can be repurposed for reforestation. Mm -hmm. And uh, these are just some of the key points. Um, you can all find that on plantbasedtreaty.org, all in one word. The entire uh, document is set out there, who's, who's endorsed it so far, how you can get other people to endorse it. There's like blueprints for letters you can send mm -hmm. to your counselors. And I would encourage every listener to do exactly that because we need more people to see this document, to acknowledge it, to endorse it, to, and to enact it in the community and in a nation way. Um, I want to maybe have a final uh, couple of questions to you, Summer and Chris. Um, you have had uh, a full-on last few months with that documentary. Uh, I guess the production of it was already also intense. Um, what are your future plans um, for in terms of activism? And do you have any tips for some of our activist listeners? How can you sustain this high level of activism? How, how do you keep your energies and your spirits up? Mm. Um, yeah, so the work for the documentary is ongoing. Um, we're currently working on a distribution strategy. We're hoping for a big uh, global release, um, and we'll have announcements about that in the new year. Um, our, our promise is to make this film as widely available as possible. Uh, and so when it is available, we'll be reaching out to the public, we'll be reaching out to the vegan community, the environment community, uh, indigenous rights communities, and all of the different social justice spaces to get involved with the promotion of this film. Um, there, are, there are aspects of this film that will interest uh, most demographics, and that was the aim of the film, to have a message um, that will have a broad level of support. Um, uh, yeah, the work is ongoing. Um, Besides the documentary, Summer and I have an animal rights group called, or animal rights project, I should say, called Aotearoa Liberation League. Uh, and we make social media content uh, as well, um, uh, different campaigns that we're planning for the near future. Um, my ultimate goal would be to travel around the country to different marae to give presentations on um, the ethics of uh, a vegan lifestyle and as well the benefits um, of a healthy whole food plant-based diet. Um, besides that, uh, how do we, how do you sustain this kind of lifestyle? Um, well, I suppose, I suppose, um, we do have a lot of really awesome, amazing people behind us supporting us. Um, we have what's called a Kofi page where people can donate to us. Uh, and so a big special, uh, mihi atu, uh, kia koutou, moto totoko, uh, kia maua. 
Um, thank you everyone for supporting us on our coffee page. We really appreciate it. Um, but besides that, you know, just, just good food, good vibrations, positivity, exercise, um, lots of sleep, lots of water, that kind of thing. Um, the space that we're operating in, in terms of activists can often be quite a draining uh, and negative, very taxing space. And so it's good to remember to love yourself, to look after yourself, uh, you know, participate in your normal, um, healthy hobbies, spend time with your friends, your family. Uh, if you can spend time out in nature, um, because yeah, obviously you got to look after yourself before you can look up, look after others. So, um, yeah, and keep your head up. You know, there's a lot of people out there, um, not just us. There's an army of, of activists and um, advocates out here um, who are putting putting out positive work for the animals, for the environment, uh, and other issues. Um, it's not all doom and gloom. Um, so, I really encourage people to get out there and learn as much as they can. The more you learn about other people and their projects. Um, the more ammunition, I suppose, you know, the more resources for yourself uh, to keep yourself fueled up um, to continue doing the good work. But yeah, good look after yourself. Right. Okay. I was going to have that extra question of uh, a message to our listeners that very much sounded like it already. Mm -hmm. um, do you have any final words, uh, Summer, that you want to give to our listeners? Take breaks, embrace your community and have fun to actually build a community around them. Um, even if it's an online community, because yeah, a lot of us don't have activists around us physically. Um, yeah, it's very important to have that validation from people who see you, see your work and um, have a similar vision. Very wise words, not just for activists and individuals, but for healthy societies moving forward. And as we are sponsored at DCC by Waste Management, we'd like to give a friendly reminder the best way that you can today ditch a lot of waste is also ditch dairy, ditch the animal products that always come in packages. And thank you for joining us. We'll see you again in two weeks time. Until then, Stay safe, stay sane, and stay healthy, everyone. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air.